Hi, you're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. And no, we're not trying to sell you anything. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. And we are live. Hello out there in podcast land. Uh, Welcome to Rude Alchemy Live. I'm Andy. My name is Andrew. My name is Ryan Whalen. Uh, huh, it almost feels like oh. uh yeah. oh boy. something's missing, guys. What was that? Hmm. A little nervous. It was, it was like after me before Ryan. Right. Normally there's uh hmm. A really negative force that you usually <laughs> in there someplace. <laughs> Uh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're awaiting the illustrious Tom, who should be back any moment from tucking his little one into into bed, I guess. Or <laughs> did I hear kittens? I heard a cat. I, I definitely heard, heard, a, heard a cat. I heard a chirping kitten someplace. But uh, we will take this opportunity. While yeah, that's my kitty. Say hi, Matt. <laughs> Say hi, Madrigal. Say hi. <laughs> Say hi. She doesn't want to say hi to you guys. Um, I will take this opportunity to shout out our... Hey, what, what do you guys think the over-under is on, on current live listeners? Uh, four, four people. Okay. Would you take in the over or the under? Uh, I'm not a gambler. I don't know what that means. Is that a whaling question or for, is that for me? Both of I'll, you. I'll take, I'll take the over. I'll take the over. All right. Kane, the under. Fine. Kane takes the under. Kane wins. We have three listeners. Oh, yeah. And I will shout them out by name. We have Derek Haynes. Yes. Daniel Harrison Four. Yeah. Oh, 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 yay! The, no, the fourth. <laughs> it's the fourth iteration of Daniel Harrison. And we have someone by the name of Lost Poncho. Oh, and Derek is with Kyle Hyde. What up, here, Kyle Hyde? here with him. I just got a notification via Skype that T.D. Hotchkin is online. <laughs> so I'm hoping that soon Don't... we will be joined by Tom Hotchkin. We have I think to... I have to re-invite him. Okay, yeah, we have we to go. add him. Don't give here away his go. last name. He doesn't like that. <laughs> Wait, why is this that not... Is... Uh... His last name we say every single show. Okay, just, just, you could have just gone with it and just let, just let me... Oh, him. sorry. No, yeah, right, Ryan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Do I need to add him? I'm calling him. Yeah, maybe you need to add him. I think that's. The Wait, I'm waiting for that that Harrison guy to start harassing us. <laughs> add him. I, I'm adding him right now. Did I get kicked off? We got you. I think you, got you did. Hey, we got Tom. Hey. Tom oh, Everybody's man. really excited. Yeah. Really excited. Are we, are we on? Are we live? We're on we're and live. we're up yeah. to yeah, we've been five live listeners. Five big <laughs> ones now. <laughs> no, I can't well, wait. We, we started I with uh, the number of listeners we had at first was Derek. Um, <laughs> and now now we're up to five. So we're, ah. we're kicking, kicking. Just to be box. clear, I'm only two minutes late, everybody. So, you know. Well, no, it's and we filled it perfectly, actually. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that worked out wonderful. Expertly. Well, listen, because we are on the free tier of Mixler, uh, we better get started because we only got an hour before the, the thing just shuts down. Um, so, Seriously? Is that true? Yeah, that's yes. true. We got to get this yeah. in in an hour, which should be no problem. Right, guys? Oh, I haven't even right. come up with any funny voices. 
Uh, Tom, I just want to make sure you do have the script up in front of you. I sure do. Okay. I sure do. Let me just read it real quick. Okay, go ahead. Take your time. We'll wait. (laughs) Uh, Just to preface this, uh, if you haven't listened to one of these before, this is a live version of a real old-time radio script of uh, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. So we didn't write it. And we also didn't rehearse it, and we never read it together. We have all received the script. We've read it separately. And except what you're for Tom, hearing who has not read our, it. Except for Tom, who has not read it. Oh, and, no. uh, and what you're hearing is our first attempt at, at doing it together. Uh, so. <laughs> I read it. Okay. I didn't finish it because I wanted to be surprised at the end. That's oh, that's, that's probably good. <laughs> and uh, by the way, if you are one of our five or possibly... Yeah, it looks like five listeners. Um, That's great. Go ahead, uh, four, four listeners. You can go ahead and uh, you can chat with us and say things to us. So that'll be really nice if you want to chat using the chat feature. Derek Haynes has already made great use of that. All right, shall we begin, gentlemen? Let's begin. Right. Let's begin. Rude Alchemy presents the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Great, Tom. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's absolutely computer. <laughs> trying to let people enjoy the music. And now, let's look in on the genial Dr. Watson and see what a story he has waiting for us. Good evening, Doctor. Evening, Mr. Announcer. Take your coat off and your scarf and okay. and your gloves. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. And your galoshes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that's it. That's it. Take take off those galoshes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, re- they're really tight. Oily. Boy, it's certainly raining cats and dogs tonight. Look at your T-shirt. It's completely soaked through. It's really sticking to my skin, tightly. Why why don't you take that off and come sit by the fire and warm yourself up? I would sure like to, but it's absolutely plastered to my rippling abdomen. Do you need some help there? Do you want me to, uh, want old Doc Watson to come over there? No, I, I think we'll just go on with the story. Oh, right. So, uh, thank you, Doctor. All set for tonight's story? Yes, yes, I'm all set, as you say. Last week, you told us your adventure took place in the south of France. (sighs) Good, yeah, yes, Mr. Announcer. And if you can imagine yourself basking in the sunshine of the Riviera with Holmes and myself in the early 1900s, perhaps it'll help you forget what a beastly night it is outside. I've forgotten that already, Doctor! No! Oh, you are so charming. (laughs) How did your story begin? Simple enough, actually. Holmes and I were staying in Nice when we were visited at our hotel by a young 
strong-backed Englishman, the Honorable Reginald Shipton. The boy was in serious trouble and had come to Holmes for help. And I'm sure he got it. Oh, yes, he did. Oh. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> oh. Though, uh... Sorry. Though in giving it, Holmes was arrested for murder. For murder? Say, Doctor, how did a thing like that happen to the great Sherlock Holmes? That's just what I'm going to tell you. The boy had become involved with a, a rather notorious French lady, Madame Corvey. She was much older than he, though I must admit she was a glamorous creature, and the boy's infatuation was... Understandable. At least, <laughs> I found it so. Mm. Unfortunately, he had given the lady an exquisite diamond and sapphire necklace that was a family heirloom, although he overlooked the fact that he had not yet inherited it. Then, of course, he had no right to make the gift! Of course he hadn't! And when his father, <laughs> Lord Shipton, learned what had happened, he threatened to disinherit him, disinherit him, unless he got the necklace back. And so the boy came to Holmes with his problem. At first, the great man tried the ordinary methods of handling the case. He, he approached Madame Corvey directly and was told to mind his own business. He tried persuasion, deception, sex. He even went to the police, <laughs> but to no avail. Finally, one night, he disappeared. I was frantic because I knew he was in danger, and so I got in touch with the police. Within a half an hour, Inspector Cherel telephoned me to come over to Madame Corvey's villa at once that Holmes was in serious trouble. And of course you rushed over there! As fast as a carriage would carry me. My fears increased as I drew up to the, uh, to the villa and saw a cordon of police guarding the building. But as I got inside and saw my old friend, a cold terror struck at my heart. There he was in the library, Madame Corvey lying at his feet with her throat slashed, and in Holmes's hand was a blood-stained dagger. You can imagine what Monsieur Charel, the chief of police, said as I came in. Dr. Watson, your famous friend has made his last mistake. Great heavens! What's going on? Holmes! Holmes! Tell me, please! I, I don't like this, Holmes! Madam Corvey has been murdered, Watson. Uh, she's been murdered. And unfortunately, our, our friend, Monsieur Shirelle, seems to be under the impression that I killed her. But that's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> then how do you account for the fact that when we came here just now, Mr. Holmes was standing here alone with the cops? Uh, well, oh, Holmes? Holmes? Why don't you explain what happened? I've already done so, but Monsieur Shirelle doesn't seem to believe me. However, for your benefit, I came back here to try and have a talk with Madame Corvée. I found the front door open and walked in to discover the safe looted and its owner stabbed to death. I picked up the dagger from the floor to examine it, and as I did so, Monsieur Shirelle and police came in. 
I should have thought a great detective like you, Monsieur Holmes, could have sought up a more ingenious lie than that. I'm calling in French. Mm. Take him away to the settee. Take him away to the settee. Mm. Oh. Come <laughs> Tell that policeman to take his hands off of you, Holmes. Oh, but I haven't the right to, my dear chap. You see, just before you arrived, Monsieur Chorel had arrested me for murder. And there, my old friend was spending the night in custody. And I suppose you stayed right there with him, Doctor? Not for long, Mr. Announcer. He, uh, he gave me a little job to do. Let me tell you just what happened. The next morning found us in the office of the Prefect of Police. There we were, Holmes and I, you know, mano y mano, best friends. Inspector Sorrell, and the various witnesses connected with the case. It was a strange sight as Holmes stood there, defending himself. Quiet! Quiet! Monsieur Sherlock Holmes is an eminent visitor to our country. That is why this preliminary restoration is being held in private. Though he has been called under extremely... Let us at least extend him the courtesy of a fair hearing. Proceed, Mr. Holmes. You have told us that you were brought into the case in the first place at the request of the Honorable Septon. Am I right? Uh, yes, Monsieur Le Prefect. Is the Honorable Septon present? Uh, here, Monsieur Le Prefect. Do you corroborate the evidence so far given by Monsieur Holmes? Yes, sir. He's told the truth so far. But if I'd known then that he was going to murder Madame Corby, I'd have strangled him myself! <laughs> <laughs> Quiet! Please confine yourself to answering questions. Proceed, Mr. Holmes. What was your next move? Uh, to meet Madame Corvey and try and reason with her. And how did you accomplish this aim? My client informed me that Madame Corvée was giving a large ball at her villa la that night. Uh, I suggested that he take my old friend Dr. Watson and myself along with him to meet the lady. And did you meet her? Oh, yes, Monsieur Le Prefect. We arrived about eight o'clock to find a crowd of 150 people or more dancing to the music of a string orchestra. Oh, yes, a very distinguished gathering, Mr. Shipton. Madame Corvey, is it Corvey or Corvey? Holmes keeps on saying Corvey, and it makes me feel stupid. <laughs> I'm going to go with Corvey. Must it's be extreme. Yes, you're right. The French mostly say Corvey, that's right. Corvey, Corvey yes. Yeah, she must be really popular, yeah. To it's, Cor it's Corvée. It's Corvée. It's Corvée? 
So Holmes is right. Who is talking right now? <laughs> Why, I a very distinguished gathering it is, Mr. Shipton. Madame Corvey must be extremely popular. Too confoundedly popular for my liking, Dr. Watson. Where is Madame Corvey? I should like to meet her as soon as possible. These affairs are not much in my line. I think it's rather gay, if you ask me. Uh, I? Uh, I said uh, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Reginald. Um, well, it's not the biggest back thing to see how here. I'm sorry to surprise you. Why don't you introduce me to your friends? Monsieur le Duc de Boncourt, Mr. Holmes, and Dr. Watson. How do you do? Is it Corvée or Corvée? All here to worship us the shrines of Venus, I suppose. <laughs> the hell is he saying? By the way, Ratton is, I thought you had received your cons. From what you <laughs> told me today, it seems that. I'm afraid we're in a bit of a hurry. Good evening, <laughs> Monsieur Le Duc. Now, that's me, I. Oh, my soul, my boy, you are extraordinarily rude to him, if you don't mind my saying so. He's an insufferable old ass, and I can't stand him. He thinks that because Yvette smiles at him for the moment, that he's going to marry her. Uh, the Duke is the current favorite, I take it? Ah, Monsieur Sherlock Holmes, how are you? I'm afraid I don't know you, Monsieur. No, but I know you and your friend. Dr. Hossin. Oh, really? But I don't remember meeting you, sir. This is Monsieur Charel, Inspector of the Shirty. Oh, oh, how do you do? you do? How Monsieur Holmes, I make it my business to recognize them. Well, that's very flattering of you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You're not here on business, I suppose. Oh, dear me, no. A, a pleasure, monsieur. Purely on pleasure. Splendid. You'll find, madame, uh, is it Carvey or Corvey? Corvey. Corvey. You'll find madame Carvey's parties and chatting. I... Uh, I'm sure. Charming fellow. Do you think so? He's just another old fool who thinks Yvette's in love with him. There's Yvette now. Come on, I'll introduce you. And then I'll get out of the way. I don't want to talk to her more than I have to. Yvette! Reginald, how nice to see ye. I did not need you for coming. I changed my mind, Yvette. I want you to meet two friends of mine, Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson. Enchanté, monsieur. How do you do, Madame Corvée? Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> I am... Oh, I am extremely... Extremely glad to meet you, madame. <laughs> I want to talk to you privately, so I'll leave you. 
Oh, Reginald, you silly boy, come back here. Oh, he's so young, isn't he? Youth has all a charm all, uh, of its own, you see. But then a rule, like myself, I found it a little trying. For too long at one time, it is more soothing to be with people my own age, like yourselves. <laughs> oh, awfully nice of you to say so, madame. But I know we're both a great deal older than you are. <laughs> Nonsense. Oh. But mm. your friend, he has, oh, you say, the long face? What is the matter, Mr. Holmes? Uh, nothing, madame, except that I'd like to have a little business talk with you. Business? With this music playing? <laughs> no, no, no. Your friend shall dance with me. Ooh, I shall be very proud to take you for a twirl, Madame Corvey. Forgive me, Madame. I see what you did there. Forgive my interruption. <laughs> and, and, uh, Watson, old chap, uh, but I must insist on this business talk first. Honest, honestly, Holmes, you're, you're getting in my way here, okay? <laughs> me and yes, Madame yes. Corvey, uh, we'd like to dance for a quick second. I don't see why there's a problem with that, okay? Corvey would like... Quick to dance with me. Okay. Just a quick. All right, guys. Quick. Just please, just stop. You know, stop fighting. Right. I think your I think your corsets come a little loose there. Would, would you like me uh, to tighten you, it? Yeah. Uh, business, like, please. Watson. Mother used to have uh, me tighten those oh, all the time. Oh, business, business. You are very Watson. tiresome. But because I like your friend, Doctor Watson, I will talk yeah, business with you. Come and okay. sit over here on my face. <clears throat> all right. Uh, the diamond and sapphire necklace. The diamond and sapphire necklace you are wearing, madame. Uh, uh -huh. I presume it's the one Lord Shipton's son gave you? Yeah, what of it? Do you mind if I examine it? Yes, I do very much. What are you, a diamond buyer? <laughs> no, I, I am a friend of Mr. Shipton's. He asked me to try and persuade you to return the necklace to him. The insolent puppy! It is mine! He gave it to me in front of witnesses! He had no right to, madame. It did not belong to him. Then he is a thief, and that is no concern of mine. He made a gift, and I accepted it! Would you consider selling back your gift? No, I would not! Are you sure? Reginald would pay a fair price for it, and it may have depreciated in value since you received it, you know. God, I, I, I'm awfully sorry, madam. My, my friends really... Uh, uh, Go away, both okay, of you! God. You bore me! Upon oh, my soul. Never seen a woman change her tune so quickly. Fascinating creature. Lovely shape. Mm. There's one thing I like in a woman. It's... It's spirit. Rubbish. Madam Colvey's an adventuress. Why'd you say that, Holmes? I... Because although she wouldn't let me examine the necklace, I was able to detect that the diamonds have been replaced by imitations. Good land! You mean that she sold the originals? Undoubtedly. Sold them or kept them. Hey, hey, Mr. Holmes! Yes, my boy, I was just looking for you. What's wrong? I want to leave here at once. I've just heard that Yvette's going to announce her engagement to the Duc de Boncourt tonight. I don't want to stay to hear it. I quite understand, though if I were you, I would be relieved rather than upset by the announcement. What did she say to you when you asked her about the necklace, Mr. Holmes? Very little, but I have a feeling that you might be able to buy it back for a reasonable sum. But I've tried that, and she wouldn't part with it. 
Try again, my dear boy. I think my little conversation with her tonight might cause her to change her opinion as to its market value. Continue, Mr. Holmes. What happened next? Early the next morning, Shipton came round to see me with the with the information that he had recovered the necklace for a re- very reasonable sum. <laughs> oh, did you tell him that the diamonds had been no, had been replaced? No, I didn't. I did. No, Monsieur, I didn't. Why not? <laughs> why not? And why did you not do that? I felt that before I told him anything about Madame Corvée with any degree of authority, it was only fair to reinforce my beliefs with facts. So what did you do? The obvious thing. After all, I have no official standing in your country, and yet I knew Madame Corvée was a criminal, or perhaps I should say an adventurous. And so I decided to pay a visit to Monsieur Charel, the head inspector of your local police. After my client left, Dr. Watson and I went round to Monsieur Charel's office. He seemed to be very pleased to see us. Ah, Monsieur Sherlock Holmes. And this is friend. Come in. I am very flattered that you will come to see me. How do you do? Dr. Watson. Watson. I'm here too. I'm I'm also here. Hello. I put this rash on my thigh. Mm. Is this a bit... Is this a... <laughs> He's choking! He's choking! Get him. Watson, get him from... Watson, get him from behind. Watson. Yes. Hold him behind. Give... Oh. Ah, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> anyway. Right. No shame in that. Uh, is this a so, business visit, Monsieur? Or am I supposed to... My... No. <laughs> He's choking again. Watson, get him again. Oh, God. What is he chewing on? <laughs> Where did he get that? Do I, I give the Heimlich at the throat, right? I compose No, no, no. Watson, from behind. From behind. From behind? Oh, okay, all right. Come on. Come on. Is he still He's choking? He's breathing. Step back. Give him some air. Give him some air. Ooh, that was a close one. Uh, so, is this a business visit, Monsieur? Or am I supposed that you have come here to make my acquaintance with her? A little of both, Monsieur. Ah, well, then please tell me what I can do for you. Monsieur Charel, I was not telling you the truth at Madame Corvée's party last night when I said I was there purely on... Well, let me tell you about what I wasn't telling you the truth about. No, here's the thing. I told you I was here purely on pleasure. That's not true. I'm not here purely on pleasure. Oh, well, then. I was aware of that. (laughs) Oh. But how could you... Dr. How could you be aware of that? This <laughs> <laughs> is a bit confusing because I was just so shocked. But actually, <laughs> in fact, very little goes on in this <laughs> that I am not aware of. Uh, what? Perhaps what? I don't understand that. He said very little goes on in this town that he is not aware of. I, I, oh. speak, I, I speak fluent French, Monsieur. Um, oh. Pardon me. Uh, perhaps you know why I was at the party? Yes. And did you know that this morning Madame Corvée parted with the necklace in consideration of a cash payment? <laughs> Actually, 
that. I did not know. But it is your own affair, but is your client satisfied with this bargain? Perfectly. But you see, he doesn't know that the diamonds have been removed and replaced with imitations. I noticed that when I was talking to Madame Corvée last night. Have you uh, ever seen the necklace before? No. How do you know that the necklace was ever valuable? You have said that your client is satisfied. What do you wish me to do? I should like you to investigate Madame Corvée. Oh, Monsieur Holmes, the Yvette Corvée is a brilliant and distinguished Rules have been fought over her. Kings have paid homage to her. And now, because some stupid English boy has had trouble over a paltry necklace, you expect me to investigate her? In France, Monsieur Holmes, we police do not work without evidence. And I think it would be good for you to remember that. Good day, Monsieur. And then what happened, Monsieur Holmes? After you had left... <laughs> Monsieur le Prefect, I was deeply dissatisfied. I knew in my own mind that Madame Corvée was guilty, and so I decided to pay her another visit. Why did you go alone? Your friend, Dr. Watson, had been with you during your previous expeditions. I intended to burgle the safe, and I didn't want to incriminate my old friend in such a risky proceeding. You admit that you were there to burgle the safe? Yes, Monsieur Le Prefect, but, of course, when I got there, someone had rifled the safe before me and murdered Madame Corvée. Please tell me exactly what happened. I arrived at the villa just after midnight. Uh, perhaps I should explain. The villa is built around a courtyard in such a way that... I know what a villa is! Uh, I know uh, what a villa is! I just wanted to sort of set the scene uh, for the court. Do I look like a... Yes, well, for not for not for your benefit alone, Monsieur Le Prefect, but sort oh. of for everyone oh, okay. who might be listening to this sure, sure. story. Uh, the villa is built around a courtyard in such a way that, short of smashing one of the ground floor windows, there are only two ways in: a door on the street and a door at the back, which opens mm. onto the beach. <laughs> And uh, which way had you proposed to try and enter? From the beach. But mm. as I approached from that direction, I noticed a light still burning in the library. And so I circled the house to investigate the chances of entering through the front door with the aid of a skeleton key. As I did so, I noticed to my surprise that the door was open a fraction. Of course, I went in. I tiptoed along the hallway. Everything was quiet. Suddenly I stumbled over something. Oh, it was a body. I struck a match. It was the Duke de Boncourt. At first I thought he was dead, but when I turned him over I realized he was unconscious. I decided to investigate a little further, and so I walked towards the library. I opened the door and went in. (laughs) 
lights were on, and I saw Madame Corvée lying on the rug in front of the fire with her throat slashed and a dagger lying beside her. The wall safe near the bookcase was open and empty. I stooped down and touched Madame Corvée. Her body was still warm. Then I picked up the dagger by its blade and started to examine it. As I did so, I heard a rattling at the French windows leading to the courtyard. Of course, it was none other than Inspector Charel. Sherlock Holmes, I've got you red-handed. Please, don't wave that revolver at me, Monsieur Charel. Madame Corvey? Oh, wait. <coughs> Madame... <laughs> Madame Corvey? <laughs> Is she? Yes, she's dead. Murdered. Oh, you did it. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Are you, are you on drugs right now? What's wrong with you? Uh, I just didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Uh, <laughs> a little woozy here. Ah, so, Sam, how is it that I find you along this murdered woman and with a weapon in your hand? It's very easily explained. I came here to... Oh. oh. Who's, who's that? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Who's that? It's me. The, uh, oh, 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 the Honorable <laughs> Reginald Shipton. How did you get yeah. there? But the the door was open. I uh <gasps> I'm afraid she's been murdered. I, I Reg. I'm afraid she's been murdered, my boy. Judge for yourself, Monsieur. Holmes! You filthy! You! You! You mother! Don't be a, don't be a fool! Don't be a fool! You, 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 use a little intelligence! Oh! Item! Item! That's Jamie! You killed him! Ah! Oh my god! Outside, Inspector! What are you saying? What are you, Monsieur Charel? What are you saying? I, I, I told you I speak fluent French, but I, I don't really. <laughs> well, in that case, I was just telling the gentleman, take him outside. Monsieur Holmes. That, that's it. That's it. In French, we like to say the same thing over and over and over again. Oh. It sounds Anyway, Monster Holmes, uh, before I telephone your friend, Dr. Watson, I must indulge in a slight formality. Uh, and what is that, Inspector? Uh, I arrest you for the matter of Madame Yvette Covey! We have heard our rarer rank as to how you rented the rara and <laughs> excuse me and found the body of Madame. You realize that the story is entirely uncorroborated. Uh, yes, I do, Monsieur le Prefect. You frightened that you found. Monsieur le Duc de Valcourt, lying in the hallway, unconscious, as you entered the house. Yes, Monsieur le Prefect. Is the Duc de Valcourt present? 
Oh, God, he's going to respond now. <clears throat> okay. I see. <laughs> Thank you, Monsieur Leduc. Is the Honorable Reginald Shipton here? Yes, Monsieur Le Prefect. Uh, now the what are you doing? Back. <laughs> I, I, excuse me, Mr. Holmes. Sorry, yes, I... Mr. Holmes, I'm is sorry, everything quite all right? I was, I was just commentating on how unlistenable uh -huh. all of this is. Oh, yes, yes. We, we, we try to hold on to a high standard of unlistenability. <laughs> what were you doing at Madame Corre's villa last night, monsieur? It is already been that you had received your necklace back. I... I came over to try and persuade her to change her mind to throw over that Duc de Boncourt and marry me. When I came to the house, the door was open. I walked in and found poor Yvette Mother! I see. Thank you, Monsieur. Soji's going to scream. Told you. It's quite not a I cannot help but feel that you have produced a very inconclusive case against Monsieur Sherlock Holmes. It seems to me that both the Duke Lamoncourt and the Honorable Reginald Shippen had equal opportunities and greater motive to murder Madame Corvey than he did. <coughs> I'm sorry. One more, one more time. Oh, okay. But that's ridiculous. I loved Yvette. I'd never have. Hold on, let me get my gavel. <coughs> there it is. Quiet! <laughs> I did not say that you gentlemen did it. I'm saying that you both had their opportunity. Uh, Monsieur le Prefect, as I am under arrest, may I have the privilege of providing myself... Uh, may I have the privilege I of proving... Providing yourself proving, with what? Providing yourself proving with Proving myself... Innocent. You can provide yourself with any number of things. It's within your right by our constitution. What would you like to provide yourself with? A lawyer? That's a, probably not, a good idea. not familiar with the okay, French been, constitution. Been meaning, been meaning to bring that up. Uh, um, I, I would love. The, I would love to be granted Article the Three to prove my innocence of <laughs> the um, innocence. of the French Constitution. Written Is that by, what it's called? Written by John France in thirteen oh one. You have the right to provide yourself with a, 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 your own counsel. <laughs> so is that you're calling on that on that right? <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm calling on the the uh, John Francis proving <laughs> providing himself uh, innocence. Very good. As I said, that's perfectly within within your within your right. Okay, I, I think the identity of the murderer will be obvious when we find the jewels stolen from Madame Corvée's safe. Now, the three people present at or about the time of the lady's murder were searched: myself, the Duke, 
and Mr. Shipton here. Am I right, Inspector Shirell? <clears throat> yes, Monsieur, and the jewels were not found. So what does that prove? One other person that had a motive for killing Madame Corvée was not searched. Yourself, Inspector. <gasps> this is outrageous. Are you accusing me? Monsieur Holmes, do you realize the significance of what you are implying? I do, Monsieur Le Prefect. Oh, very well then, proceed. Monsieur Charel, you stated that the beach gate was bolted. How did you find that out? By trying it. From inside or outside? <laughs> From outside, of course. I don't believe you. I think that when Dr. Watson mm -hmm. telephoned your office, you suspected where I might be going. You hurried ahead of the gendarmes and reached the villa several minutes before I did. You found the beach gate was open. You saw Madame Corvée putting her jewels away as Monsieur le Duc de Boncourt started to leave the room to go cellar. You slipped through the window, signaled to Madame Corvée who was your confederate, to be silent, followed the duke into the hall and struck him from behind. Then you went back into the library, killed Madame Corvée, and pocketed the jewels. You started to leave the front way and saw me approaching. Seeing a chance to implicate me, you left the door ajar and ran out the beachway, bolting the door behind you and waited for your reinforcements. You have convinced yourself, yes, this is for sure. If you came to the villa after I was there, how could you have known what my movements were? Hmm? I admit that this part of my case is only mm -hmm. supposition. No, 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 no. But, Monsieur Holmes, that is no evidence. Of course it is not. Come on, now, let's look at the now, now I will come to my facts. Ridiculous. I will come to my facts. <laughs> Ah. Dr. Watson, I wonder if you'd mind stepping forward? Oh, hell yes. Oh, yeah. Watson in the house. Mm -hmm. I am very glad to do it. In fact, I've been wondering why you haven't asked me to before, Holmes, buddy old pal. Yeah, we, we had a lot of cascading, screaming voices going on, so I was sort of waiting for the right moment. Now seems the right moment. Will you please tell Monsieur Le Prefect exactly what you did last night? Watson, exactly what you did last night uh -huh, after <laughs> I was brought here. Oh, oh, oh it's very, very stimulated. I will... Monsieur Holmes, with pleasure. Monsieur le Prefect, my old friend Mr. Holmes told me to shadow Inspector Sorel as soon as he left the Sûreté last night. And that's what I did, because I do exactly what Holmes tells me to do all the time, even when I feel uncomfortable with it. <laughs> so anyways, he walked down to the waterfront and entered a small cafe. <laughs> or cafe... Anyways, I watched through the window and saw him give a package to a rough-looking sailor with a broad back and solid thighs. And a few minutes later, he left. <laughs> Holmes had told me what to expect, so I followed the sailor. He went down to the wharf. I was behind him with a revolver in my pocket. As he started to get into a fishing 
steamboat. I captured him. And also these. You'll find... <gasps> You, you will find, Monsieur Le Prefect, that those are the missing jewels. This is a lie. He is lying to save his friend. Oh, no, I'm not. The fisherman is waiting outside the room now. Hmm. Robin Broughton! Andre Borrell has done nothing. Only what Monsieur Charal pays him to do. I've only got 15 minutes uh, left on the hour. Um, and now maybe he we can... is brought into the Sirate like a criminal. Okay, let me get my gavel back out. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> <clears throat> Henri are those the jewels, the ones that were given to you by Monsieur Charel last night? Why, Monsieur Le Prefet, but you must now blame me. I only do what I'm told to do to sail with them to Corisaka and give them to Monsieur Charel's brother. Just as I have done a hundred times before. His eyes! I have never seen him. I lie. Henry Baptiste Bora, born in your own hometown of Azizio. I that have known you since you were born. Sacred <laughs> So great on to see, monsieur. What kind do you play? Uh, monsieur le prefect, the dagger on the table in front of you. May I show it to this man? Of course. Henri Borel, have you ever seen this dagger before? My we Of course I have seen it. My brother made it. <laughs> he is the finest sword of the king. He's talking! He's talking! He's talking, Dr. Watson! I'm okay. He is the finest sword maker in Ajaisio. He made it for Monster Surreal. Look out! Surreal! He's drawing his revolver! Excuse me! His revolver! He's going to resolve all these problems! Bye! Well, well, Holmes, Sorel solved it for you simply by committing suicide. Oh, no, Watson, it was already solved, thanks to your very excellent sleuthing. <laughs> oh, you, I, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do anything much, Holmes, you know, just, just what you told me to do, you know, like, like always. Uh, by the way, I still don't understand Sorel's motive for murdering Madame Corvée. I just don't. I don't get it. 
Well, let me let, let me lay it out for you. It was a combination of motives: jealousy at her announcing her engagement to the Duke, and anger at realizing that she had replaced the jewels in Lord Shipton's heirloom without telling him. Henri Borel made it very clear tonight uh, that they had been in partnership as smugglers for years. Mm. It's a real shame, Madame Corve was really hot, and I, I say that respectfully. Of you course, know, yeah. But, um, she looked real good. Really good. One of our most unusual cases. <laughs> you know, Holmes, for a, a while I was afraid you were going to end up, end up in the guillotine. <laughs> oh, did you? Wait, did you? Did you really? Yes. Yeah, wow. I was. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, by the way, there was a certain poetic justice about the case. Really? What's poetic justice? <laughs> uh, did, did you notice? Did you notice? Did you happen to notice that Sherelle's dagger has an inscription on the blade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I, I couldn't quite translate it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, allow me. It said, "Chez la mienne, si mortal." And and what does that mean, Holmes? As, as well as poetic justice. So not... Let my wound be mortal. I still don't get it. <laughs> Tonight's Sherlock Holmes adventure was written by Dennis Green and Bruce Taylor and is based on an incident in the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle story, The Adventure of the Illustrious Client. Good night! But actually, don't leave because we're going to. We have ten minutes left, and I really want to make the most of it. Ten so when I said when I said good night, yeah. So when I said good night, you know, I meant it, uh, it was just for the Holmes part. For the Holmes part. That's confusing to our listeners. I know. That's why I tried yeah. to jump in there real quick. You're ruining the music. We did drop from like fourteen down to five, I think, as soon as I said good night. So. Wow, we were up to 14, 14 listeners? Wow. I would have taken it much more seriously. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Hi, everybody. Uh, I have a quick question. I have a quick question Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for the sound engineer. Why was the door 18 times louder than the gunshot? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We used that door before, haven't we? That door is the Sherlock Holmes door. It's it's a great door. (laughs) Door. This is my favorite. I think it's my favorite soundtrack, uh, sound cue in anything we've done. Mm, I get it. I get it. We're really oh. smart. It was. Oh. I don't think it was 15 listeners, guys. Sorry. It was. Oh. Fi- it, was oh. it was 15 messages from Derek Haynes and Kyle Hyde. Oh come on! <laughs> you guys, totally. We were all got. You got us all excited. Well, read the messages. Read the messages. Any questions oh, that we right. can answer? Um. They they kind of a running commentary, so out of oh, oh okay. uh, Daniel oh and Daniel Harrison thinks that Andy and Tom would make a cute couple. I say to that, what do you mean would make? <laughs> <laughs> um, something about a pearl necklace from Derek Haynes. Ew. Uh, <laughs> do you know what a pearl necklace Kyle, is? Oh, yet, Kyle, Kyle Hyde says my favorite character. Love that voice. I assume he's talking about something that I did. Uh, mm. Kyle Hyde says, "Drop the beat." Derek Hayes. Oh, that's says, when you start a beat. Beatbox says, "F and nailed it." Kyle Hyde says, "Oh no, not the resolver." Kyle Hyde says, "LOL." <laughs> oh, <fuck off. laughs> Derek Hayes says, "Kendrick Lamar's b- banger." 
Huh? <laughs> uh, I think he was in the wrong room. Kardashians? No, 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 room. no, no, no. You're you're thinking of Lamar. Uh, yeah, oh, no, no, he's who? thinking of Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar is a is a rap a rapper. A rap Kendrick Lamar is a is a rapper. Who was the one that was Dianetic. dating one of the Kardashians? Yeah, I, I'm and with a you. Darn one. good one. Kanye darn West. No, no not that. Married. married. The big Odom. the big bone one, the real tall Lamar Odom. Odom. Yeah, Lamar Odom. Not Kendrick Lamar. Oh, okay. Just got the... Anyway, I'm really glad that we cleared that up. <laughs> um, so we do have our, uh, I, I guess, we have our next season to announce. Yes, yeah, we do. Uh, let's be, let's do that. Thought, okay. This will, be news <laughs> to, this will be news to one of us. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like we didn't finish that conversation. We have to announce that tonight? Well, we, we told to, like, people. Decided? We told people we would. I guess we don't have to. Why would we announce it tonight? We have plenty of time. Because it's a, another reason to listen to a live show. It's would like a be, special treat it, for those who made it all the way to the end. You um, know? I, th- I feel like just like the fact that they finished. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't want you to be upset for the whole next season. I'm going to. If, it, if, it's what, if it's what it was it, decided before <laughs> I got a chance to freaking oh. Well, wait, no. The last communication I have, Kane gave three choices. Well, right. I was not involved in any discussion about res- That's about because doing. you were missing from 6.15 to 7, tending to yeah. your offspring. And we had and expected we to have the conversation at that time. Well, nobody informed me, but whatever. That's fine. Okay. Maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't. You're witnessing the, the, the end of Rude Alchemy. For those of you that are still <laughs> live. listening live, live. Live via Mixler. I'm just saying that discuss- that discussion was never said that that was going to happen at that time. That's hey, all. maybe we should announce it on the retreat, and we could do a little live thing there. What do oh, you guys like think? There we go. We're going to withhold. We're going to withhold right. the live announcement of the season. Good call. Good call. That that'll give something to look forward to. So we're going on a little retreat, which you guys all paid for, <laughs> idiots. Um, and we're going to do that uh, next, not this coming weekend, but the next. And we'll do like Some, a Periscope yeah. thing or something like that. And then you can listen. You can see. You know, we'll let you know when it's going to happen. It's May May fifth and sixth. Uh, Actually, we'll in, be... in fact, we should tell the the Patreons at least twenty four hours before everybody. Oh, the Patreons are definitely going to know what the season is before anybody yeah. else does. So get on Patreon uh, but the, now. But the but in May fifth and sixth, we'll be live tweeting and we'll do Periscope and stuff and play cards while we're drunk and uh, lots of fun things. Is uh, there going to be Wi Fi there? We are in the thick of the northern Pennsylvania. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's going to be Wi Fi. Yeah. So so we should yeah that's that's what we should do. We should announce it then. Uh, Derek Haynes says, I will give you $30 via Patreon right now for another hour. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Uh, no, it's uh, Tom's bedtime. He says, okay, 35. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All righty. Uh, I think that's about it. We have... Uh, Tom will, I think Tom yeah. will get on cam for you for $35. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. You cam, Tom? Hey, oh. Tom, what is I'll your cam username, by the way? <clears throat> it's that spelled out. <laughs> cam username. Nice. All right. Well, thank you for those of you that that uh, that stuck with us to listen to it live and all of its madness. Um, and you'll hear from us. Uh, this will go on the feed this weekend, and then you'll yeah. hear from us the following weekend um, about what the season will be. Great. Fantastic. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, you. everybody. (laughs) Goodbye.
Goodbye. So Play long. it again. Have a great night, everybody. Bye. Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you... Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. Twisted Pulp Magazine.